Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, and welcome to the exciting, colorful, and sometimes bizarre world of Argentine tango. On this show, we'll be meeting tango instructors, event organizers, and musicians. They are a fascinating bunch of people, and it'll be a great time. I'm your host, Joe Yang, and thank you very much for joining us. My guest today is based out of Asheville, North Carolina. Her tango journey began back in 1997, but she also has an in-depth background in a variety of other dance disciplines. On top of that, she also has a background in gymnastics and theater. As a tango instructor and performer, she holds classes and organizes events in the Asheville area and regularly travels throughout the southeastern United States to teach at other communities. To continue developing skills and creativity and connection, she makes annual trips to Buenos Aires to study with world-renowned teachers. And with me now is Karen Jaffe. Karen, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Okay, I want to jump right into it. So, Karen, can you take us back closer to the beginning of your tango journey? Can you describe the moment or moments, because there could have been more than one, when you knew you wanted tango to be a big part of your life? Yes, yes, there was a moment for sure. At the time, I was an a very active contra dancer, mm-hmm. and I was dabbling in some couples dancing. And I went with a couple of friends to an, a couples dance weekend, and I took my first class in Argentine tango with some teachers who were there from Washington, D.C. Nice. And in that class, there was a young man who I partnered with, and he kind of latched on to me being a, a, an experienced follower, not with tango, but mm-hmm. I had some skill following and he was quite a bit younger than I was and we had a, a fun time in the class and after that class I just thought, wow, that was really something <laughs> different and challenging and unique yeah. and so I went back the next day to take the next class that they offered and that's it. I was hooked. I started looking for where I could study Nice. And yeah, that was it. <laughs> Hooked right away. That's awesome. Yeah. So, can you describe your very first dance at a malanga? Gosh, I don't know if I remember. <laughs> was it in North Carolina or was it somewhere else? At the time when I started dancing here in Asheville, uh-huh. there were only about five of us. Oh. So, okay. we had practicas, we watched videotapes and the old Daniel Trenner mm-hmm. tapes, and most of my studying, most of my upbringing started in the Raleigh-Durham area with, at the time, Tangophilia, okay. Gul'dan and Jason had brought in Argentine instructors. So my, my first milonga was probably during those times, and I can't specifically remember. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of malangas, um, a lot of our listeners, they're, they're newer to tango, and they are quickly falling in love with the dance, kind of getting hooked the way you were, and they're just starting to come to malangas, and they're nervous and probably a little overwhelmed. So other than observing basic customs such as floor craft and using the cabaseo, what advice would you give them to help make their milonga experiences more enjoyable? Hmm, I would have to say to be gentle with themselves, Mm -hmm. to keep their expectations low, 
and to make the event social, to try to meet people, uh-huh. rather than focusing on just dancing, mm-hmm. focus on meeting people and talking with people, and through that avenue of social interaction, mm-hmm. the dancing will come. Yeah, that I think would, you're absolutely right about, about the social aspect of it. You know, I remember, I remember my attitude was I would go and try to get as many dances as possible, and that's not really the, the ideal approach. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And and it depends, I think, too, if I were speaking with a leader mm-hmm. or a follower. Mm-hmm. I think I would have maybe a little bit different advice for... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. What, what would you tell a, a novice leader? To try to dance with different women, mm-hmm. to watch and see around the room first who they think they'd like to dance with, and, and then maybe ask a person or two who they feel like are sitting longer than mm-hmm. some of the other women. Yeah. And for followers to be actively engaged in the process of looking around the room mm-hmm. for leaders that they are interested to dance with and to go ahead and ask someone maybe that they've had a little social interaction with as long as they're willing to hear not right now or no thank you mm-hmm. to be a little assertive yeah in these modern times mm-hmm. <laughs> because if they're new they don't know people and getting out on the floor is important just to get moving yeah so karen how did you start teaching can you describe that journey sure i guess out of necessity partly mm-hmm. Because there was, as I said, a small group of us that were practicing. And as I started taking more classes, Mm -hmm. I was looking for opportunities, Mm -hmm. recognizing that there there was not something locally happening. Mm -hmm. And my first partner moved to Asheville, Mm -hmm. an experienced dancer, and started teaching classes. And I started working with him, Mm -hmm. uh, taking group classes, and I took private lessons and he made the offer to me that he would trade private lessons with me if I would assist him in class. Oh. And of course at that point I was only, well, it was probably five years into my dancing. Okay. And, you know, I was flattered but said, oh, I'm not ready to teach. And he said, no, I just, you know, I need somebody to teach with and you're doing really well and, you know, you'll learn through teaching too. And I'll continue to work with you privately and and you can assist me in classes. So that's how I got started teaching. Mm. And then about two years after that, he decided he no longer wanted to teach and he encouraged me to keep going and that's how Tango Gypsies came to be. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So you've worked with a number of instructors, many of whom are world-renowned. So what's some really good or memorable advice that they've given you? Yes. Uh, I would have to say that mm, some of the most influential moments in my study were from very strong female teachers, mm-hmm. Luciana Vage, Brigitte Winkler, mm-hmm. uh, that are the ones that I remember the most, are um, to encourage me to own my dance, to step up as a follower and be active, and mm-hmm. yes, yes, to really dance. Yeah. Um, that was pivotal mm-hmm. for me, and I still really value that, and I also promote that in, in my teaching as well. I'm an advocate of 
active following. Yeah, I think the dance as a co-creation is really an ideal dance for me. Yeah, I think you're right. Followers have to be active during the dance. So how do you get that across to your students? Do you have a particular method or secret strategy? (laughs) No real secret, just a lot of hard work. Being independent, being really present in one's body, and that's both the leader's and the followers, but particularly Mm -hmm. the followers kind of need permission Mm. more Mm -hmm. uh, to be independent first, to be a dancer first themselves. And that, you know, we're talking about access awareness and balance and Mm -hmm. structure and posture and how we use the floor Mm -hmm. to move ourselves. Yeah. So Karen, you've visited many different communities as a teacher and you've helped many students, but what are some things that you've learned from the people you've taught? Oh, that's a great question. I know one of the very important things that I've learned is that we are all on our own journey Mm -hmm. here. It's a very individual, personal experience, this tango journey. Mm -hmm. And that means something different for everyone. We essentially and eventually dance who we are. Mm -hmm. There's no hiding ourselves in the dance. We we dance who we are. And in that, each of us finds our dance wherever that happens to be. And my, my ideals as a teacher, as a dancer, aren't necessarily going to match the ideals of my students. Mm -hmm. And in that way, we find our teachers and we find our students based on, you know, what's appealing, our learning styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, it was a very good awareness for me to understand that not everybody's going to want to progress necessarily to the level where I would see them as the, you know, a, a very skilled dancer and they just mm-hmm. want to get to a certain point and have a good time. And yeah. as long as they're dancing with people who also are enjoying themselves and they're having a good time, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. So also throughout your travels, Karen, in your opinion, what are some qualities of a very good tango community? What are some qualities of a good tango community? Yeah, and you can define that I, however you like. I'd like to hear yeah. from Karen. <laughs> I think, again, the social community aspect of spending time together, mm-hmm. communicating, really listening to each other and 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 doing things together outside of just dancing together mm-hmm. is one of the most important things that keeps a community cohesive and vibrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So how do you keep challenging yourself? Wow. <laughs> I travel to Argentina and mm-hmm. study. I have practice partners there and I continue to take lessons with different teachers and uh, of course, the work that I'm doing currently with my partner, mm-hmm. Tate, mm-hmm. the process of class planning and practicing and still exploring how we can present the information that's in a way that people are going to understand and be able to integrate mm-hmm. um, and and help them find a higher quality of dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ongoing, yeah. the process. And... You know, I, I kind of feel like it's a little bit compartmentalized for me, my my social dancer mm-hmm. uh, and my teacher. And, of course, I also organized events for many years. And mm-hmm. there's separate parts of my tango being 
And yes, like when I go to Argentina, I'm I'm a student, yeah. and I'm a social dancer, mm -hmm. and that's great, and that feels very different than when I'm working and teaching. Mm -hmm. It's a different compartment, yeah, a different way to challenge myself. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And just sort of related related to that. And I, I've heard and I believe that there's always something new to learn when it comes to this dance. Maybe not necessarily a new figure, but perhaps another uh, layer or deeper level of understanding uh, with the fundamentals. So even though you've had so much experience, what's something new that you've learned recently? Recently, I would be hard pressed to pull out one particular thing. Uh, again, I just have to say that I'm, we're always looking, exploring. Um, overall, less is more still. The, the quality of what you're doing, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but mm -hmm. how, how you're doing it. Yeah. And, and as you know, the dance can be very simple and very enjoyable mm -hmm. if you're very focused on those foundational elements of the embrace and the walk and the music and mm -hmm. connecting with your partner, reading yeah. your partner. Beside that... I've been working a lot on the the concept of tension and release. Oh, okay. And, and that how that plays into the dance and how we can have a much more relaxed and enjoyable dance in connection with our partner mm -hmm. if we use just enough of the tension and we continue to keep letting it go and that's of course the hard part for people. Yeah. The, the tension is the easy part. We all carry that around all the time and uh, <laughs> right. but, the, but the letting go and Mm -hmm. releasing what we don't need mm -hmm. ongoing every time we can um, that's that's pretty new and for me it's made the dance much more efficient mm -hmm. and it's powerful mm -hmm. yet effortless at the same time yeah 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 I totally get what you say about that about that tension that's not yeah we are holding on to that and then but yeah the release that's really that's that's really important as well it's just, uh, it's such a metaphor right. for life. I mean, in our daily lives, right? Letting go, releasing yeah. the extra tension. That's, that's the hard part. Mm -hmm. It's amazing, too, uh, how unaware we can be of something that's happening in our bodies mm -hmm. until someone else points it out to us. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm like, no, my shoulder's not going up. Oh, no. It's like, well, it is. Here, let me help you. And do you feel this? Okay, okay. Oh, my shoulder was going up. Wow, I didn't yeah. even know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you found this too. It's, it's, it's not just something you got to practice on the dance floor. It's something that, um, you know, we become aware of more and more throughout life, just about how much tension we hold. And even when driving a car, you know, I'll notice, gosh, I'm really keeping a lot of tension in my shoulders. And yeah, so it's not just something we can do on the dance floor. It's also practicing releasing that tension has got to happen everywhere. And I think most students yeah. are, are pretty happy when they, when they learn to do that. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree that, that the work we do in tango, the process, the journey of understanding our bodies and communicating mm -hmm. with other people kinesthetically can help us in other dance genres and also mm -hmm. just in our life. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to shift gears a little bit to uh, performing, Karen. So you also perform as well, yes? Sometimes, yes. Okay. 
What was your first performance like? I don't, again, I don't probably remember the absolute first performance, but the, the, a big one where I was on stage, Mm. uh, was great. I, I was a gymnast when I was younger. And so I have a lot of performance background Mm -hmm. and then I was in theater. Mm -hmm. So I have, as far as the getting up in front of people and performing piece, Mm -hmm. I have plenty of experience as a younger person. But getting up on stage and dancing tango was thrilling. Mm. It was thrilling. It was in a lyric opera, Carmen. Oh, wow. Here in Asheville with my first partner. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a pretty big deal to be able to, to get up on stage and dance tango and <laughs> share with people something that I love. And it was a very beautiful moment. Yeah. So a bit of a technical question. When you perform as opposed to dancing socially, what are some things you do differently? For instance, do you take bigger steps? You know, that kind of stuff. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, I absolutely would say yes. Okay. Uh, when I'm performing, even though I'm still improvising with my partner, I definitely think we use more energy and we're thinking more about what's being seen from the outside. We know that people are watching us, so we want to give them something to look at. So uh-huh. yeah, I'd say the steps are bigger and more fancy moves, maybe more open embrace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think for me, being a very active follower mm-hmm. in the social dance where I might play with my partner when we're on a tight floor, when there's you know small interactions that you don't see from outside, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of interplay happening inside the embrace and inside the dance on a social floor. Mm-hmm. That's something that when I'm performing, I don't want to necessarily take the chance that I might interfere with my leader uh, because I know when we're performing, the leader's probably more engaged and wanting to be more, mm-hmm. a little more in control, if you will. Okay of what's happening and we're trying to execute larger movements that are more technically complicated. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm a little more focused on listening exactly to what the leader is inviting. Mm -hmm. And I may add in the space where there's, you know, a change of amplitude or quality of movement in something that he's already led as opposed to in social dancing where I might uh, be a little bit more quote unquote naughty (laughs) <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that's a, that's a delicate issue. You know, you have mm-hmm. to, when I don't know a leader, I have to start very small with maybe changing the density in my body when we're mm-hmm. social dancing and see how my leader responds to that. If, right. if there's an engagement and a little smile, mm-hmm. then I'll go one direction. If it's, you know, the embrace gets a little more, restrictive and kind of like, I didn't lead that. Then yeah. well, I dropped that ball and let that rest. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't want to go down that path. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's really the fun part about tango is that, is that little gray area you mentioned. It's like, okay, I'll try something, this little adornment, see how it goes over. And then sometimes the leader will be okay. Let's play with that. It might give you another opportunity to do that. Or sometimes you might get someone who's a little bit more of a, you know, not in the mood for it. And we just have to, we don't know unless we try. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. My, my personality is very playful. Mm-hmm. And 
again, I like more interactive, co-creative dancing, mm -hmm. but not all the leaders do, and, and right. you know, so mm -hmm. I'm okay with that too. Yeah. It's just different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just kind of circling that point back to uh, back to your experiences with teaching, I think that you know, those adornments or just taking some, you know, creative independence as a follow is really important for a lot of our dancers. Um, but sometimes, you know, students can get a little, you know, they sometimes they hold back, especially newer students uh, when it comes to movement or adornments or things of that nature. So what are some common, I would guess you would say mental blocks that you see in students? You know, you can see the potential and it's not anything really physical that's holding them back, but more maybe something like a mental block. What, how do you, mm. you know, I'm sure you see those and how, how do you address those? I think that the the fear of doing it right is a big part of that. And, uh -huh. and again, you know, we have to separate leaders and followers here mm -hmm. because for the follower, I think that in the beginning, the followers want to feel like they're doing what the leader's asking them. And mm -hmm. the reality is, of course, that it's imperfect all yeah. the time and that we're adapting all the time. The leaders are inviting and the followers answering. And to be given permission to take one confident step at a time for the followers mm -hmm. to go where they feel, that helps. That mm -hmm. helps in the beginning. And, and the understanding that it's not ever going to be perfect. Yeah. So just be confident and that it's a lot easier to manage the energy if there's activity rather than second-guessing and, and hesitance uh, for the leader to feel like, okay, I'm going to invite the follower here, and oh, she goes somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> then, then he can manage it. Okay, well, she didn't go exactly where I wanted her to go, so I'm going to adjust my embrace a little bit and mm. take my next step. Mm. Telling the followers that that's okay they don't have to fix anything and and the leaders to read their follower constantly invite yeah. and then read and listen to where they go mm -hmm. and adjust micro adjust all the time yeah um, and that's kind of the beauty of it is that it is imperfect it's perfectly imperfect yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's exactly right okay karen so what future projects are you working on right now i'm in the middle of a one-year tour. I have my partner Tate Di Chiazza mm -hmm. here on a one-year work visa and we're traveling around the US so I am so thick in the present <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. that I honestly don't know what I'll be doing um, a full year from now. We're loving the work and going into new communities and communities that we've visited before. It's great, wonderful. I feel very fortunate mm -hmm. to be doing this work, to have the time and the support from my older children and my husband. Nice. <laughs> my, my daughter's graduating high school this year, wow. so she, she's uh, very supportive. And, and um, Tate and I are very compatible. He was one of my teachers, and it's a pleasure to be working together now. And nice. I feel like Right now is a full circle moment for me, having built all my skill sets over the years of teaching and organizing, that I'm able to use that now for this. And we'll see after this work is complete. Mm -hmm. I 
definitely want to keep dancing. I would love to keep teaching. Yeah, it's hard to know. Okay. The, I, I, I feel like the tango environment is changing all the time, but in the mm -hmm. last five years has really changed dramatically in the United States. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have, I taught alone for many years, and mm -hmm. I've been fortunate enough to have these great partners also that I have had the chance to work with. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure over the course of your tour, something will, some light bulb will go off and you'll, you'll be inspired to try something. Yeah. Perhaps, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting you, you mentioned how things are starting to change here in the U.S. I kind of feel something happening as well, but I can't quite put my finger on it. What, from, from your vantage point, what do, you, what do you think is happening? What I see, have seen, is a, a, a huge amount of growth mm -hmm. in numbers. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a lot more opportunity for social dancing at um, these marathon type events. Mm -hmm. um, there's less of the festival environment that used to be 10 years ago where there were classes all day and then social dancing, right. a reasonable amount of hours mm -hmm. where you could get up and go to class mm -hmm. the next day again. And unfortunately, I kind of feel like the, the, the numbers of people dancing have increased greatly, but the quality and the level of dancing, not as much. I see. But again, it comes back to that point of, you know, everybody is in this for their own journey. Mm -hmm. And if people are happy dancing together socially and that's what they want to do, whatever level they're at, then that's great. Mm -hmm. They're finding their joy in their tango journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's an interesting time Yeah, in tango. I feel like there's a lot that's, well, what's the word I want to use? Um frenetic energy okay just kind of a lot of vibration but not a lot of focus okay and there's a lot going on so much so that it feels very saturated that's only really happened in the last five seven years mm -hmm. yeah good no it's always great to hear um I have not been as traveling as much as I'd like to, so it's kind of good to to hear to hear from other folks about hey what what, what other people are noticing. So, yeah, I feel like it's it's an inevitable part of the growth of any community, and it's it's great that there are so many people dancing tango, yeah. and you know things change all the time. Mm -hmm. Probably ups and downs of these cycles of you know, study versus social dancing versus. Mm -hmm study again and um, that will swing back around the other way and and things will shift again yeah no doubt right okay Karen so where do we find out more about you online uh, my website is tangogypsies.com okay and I try to keep that current uh, there's information about the tour on Facebook and also my website we have a we have a tour group that's uh, just our names, Tate Di Chiazza, Karen Jaffe, Tour. Okay. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much the way All right. to find out what's happening in, in my tango world. Okay. And I'll have that in our show notes so people can click on your site and follow you on Facebook as well. That's great. Yeah. 
All right, Karen. Well, thank you again for your time. I know you're super busy with a lot of things going on. And on top of that, you've got to fix your, uh, fix your computer. So again, I really appreciate you, uh, <laughs> you speaking to me. It's my pleasure. And I really appreciate, um, it's great to be able to share, of course, and talk about tango always. Yeah. It's a fascinating subject. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully you never know someone who's doesn't live in the North Carolina area might click on this podcast, which is available internationally, and they'll pick up some important nuggets of information from you. Yes, and of course, anybody's free to contact me, and I'll be happy to communicate what's happening in the area, and yeah. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you again, Karen, and best of luck with all of your tango adventures. Thank you, Joe. It's great work you're doing here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, another fun talk. It was fun interviewing Karen, and she had a lot of good things to say. Like other guests I've had, she brought up the importance of active following. Now, both leaders and followers need to be active, but for followers especially, they need to feel free to be co-creators in the dance and not focus too much on reacting. I also like that Karen brought up the balance between tension and release. We need to be aware of all the tension we bring to the dance, and she makes the wonderful suggestion of not hanging on to the things that make us tense. Now, that's effective advice regardless of whether we're on or off the dance floor. Now, we need some tension, of course, but we also need to work on that release. Karen also mentioned that the tango partnership is about constant adjustment and not about having to be right all the time. She said we shouldn't worry about trying to fix everything. It's more important to focus on the energy and activity with your partner and figuring out how to create things in the moment. So thanks again, Karen, for your thoughts and for your time. And to all of you listeners, thank you again for tuning into Joe's Tango Podcast. If you enjoyed this program and you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, it would mean the world to me if you could go to any one or all of those platforms Leave a five-star rating, a positive comment, and remember to subscribe. It only takes a minute, but does a lot to help more people find this podcast. And of course, sharing this with your friends would also be lovely. I truly appreciate your support. And if you have suggestions for people that you'd like me to interview, or if you just want to get in touch, feel free to send me an email. You can contact me at wisconsintango at gmail.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all one word, at gmail.com. And you can find out more about me and my own tango classes at wisconsintango.com. Once again, that's wisconsintango, all one word, dot com. Okay, that's it for now. We'll have more shows coming to you every Monday and sometimes Fridays, but definitely every Monday. I'm Joe Yang. Talk to you again soon. Bye.